Friends, happy Easter. The Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. We welcome you warmly to our service of worship today at First Presbyterian Church of Boone, North Carolina. Whether you're a member of our congregation or a visitor with us today online, we hope you feel the love and the warmth of Jesus Christ in our midst as we worship the risen Lord together. Friends, you should have received uh, an email this week with the bulletin for our church service today. And if so, I encourage you to follow along with us as we read our liturgy together, as we sing our hymns together. We ask that you would sing along with us from where you are. And also, if you did not receive that email, you may find that bulletin on our website, www.firstpresboon.org. Friends, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it as we settle our hearts and minds on the worship of God Almighty. He is risen. He is risen. He is risen. He is risen indeed. He is risen. 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 He is risen indeed. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Please turn in your glory to God hymnal to number 245. Christ the Lord has risen today.
Let us now join together in our prayer of praise and adoration found in your bulletin. Let us pray together. Hallelujah! Jesus is risen. He is risen indeed. Lord Jesus, we praise you for your unconditional love that led you to the cross for our sake. Your precious blood was shed for our sins to reconcile heaven and earth for all eternity. We praise you for your faithfulness. We praise you for your grace. And we praise you for your victory over sin and death that gives us hope and eternal life both now and forevermore. May our lips continually declare your praises and your good news to every sinner that we are saved by your grace through faith. Hallelujah. Jesus is risen. He is risen indeed. Hi, this is Erin. I'm the Director of Children's Ministry here at the church, and it's time to do the passing of the peace. I wanted to give you a couple of alternatives um, to hugging and shaking hands. Um, the first one is sign language, and we can do all this together. So if you put your hands up like this, and this would be the peace, you turn them around like this, peace be with you. That's how you do it in American Sign Language. So it's hands like this, turn them around, peace, be with you. Or you could just say, I love you, like this. You may want to do just the peace sign. That would work too. So there are some alternatives and some things you can try, but um, you could just say it. You could just say, may the Peace of Christ be with you this Easter Sunday. And that's my wish for all of you. Hi, this is Erin, the Director of Children's Ministry again, and it's my honor today to share the children's message with you. Now, kids, you may have already um, got up and found an Easter basket. Um, you may have already been on an egg hunt in your yard. And so you may have some sweet treats. And I'm gonna use a sweet treat today to tell you about Easter. And that's M&Ms. So if you have some M&Ms in your basket, you may wanna get one. 
and we're going to look at it more closely. So of course it has the M on it, but you can turn the M&M &M around and it can have different letters and different things. So the first way we're going to look at is the E. And E stands for Easter and God's everlasting love and his eternal plan to come here as a man and to die on the cross and rise again. And that is Easter. And that's the E. So next you can turn it around to look like a three. Just right around like that. And three represents the three days that Jesus spent in the grave. By his death, his children he did save. Three. Then we can turn it around again to make the M, back to the M. And M reminds us of God's mercy and that he is the Messiah and that he died for us and he came back to life and that's a miracle. Miracle starts with M. And last but not least, we can turn it around to be a W. And W reminds us that he alone is worthy of our praise, worthy is a W word, and our worship, worship is another W word, and that we are to be witnesses for him and tell people all about Easter and how he died on the cross for us so we can live with him forever in heaven. We can be witnesses for him all of our days. And that is the W, and that is the Easter story told by using M&Ms. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, thank you for your son and thank you for Easter. Thank you for your death and your life again. And help us to remember that every day, the Easter story and your love for us, Lord. We love you. We pray in your name. Amen.
First scripture reading of the day comes from the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 23, verses 44 through 56. Here's the word of the Lord. It was now about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour, while the sun's light failed, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. And then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Now when the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God, saying, Certainly this man was innocent. And all the crowds that assembled for this spectacle, when they saw what had taken place, returned home beating their breasts. And all his acquaintances and the women who had followed him from Galilee stood at a distance, watching these things. Now there was a man named Joseph from the Jewish town of Arimathea. He was a member of the council, a good and righteous man who had not consented to their decision and action and he was looking for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Now he took it down and wrapped it in a linen shroud and laid him in a tomb cut in stone where no one had ever yet been laid. It was a day of preparation and the Sabbath was beginning. The women who had come with him from Galilee followed and saw the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned prepared spices and ointments. On the Sabbath, they rested according to the commandment. The word of the Lord. Our second scripture reading this morning is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, verses 1 through 12. Hear now God's word through Luke's narration of the resurrection of Jesus. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, Suddenly, two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you, while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves. Then he went home, amazed at what had happened. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. My mother taught me my first prayer when I was a young child, and she would have me say it with her before going to bed. And it goes a little something like this. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. 
Amen. Now, honestly, I, I never really thought about what I was saying. I just repeated it with her because that's what you do. And most of us actually don't think about dying in our sleep when we lay down. And honestly, I've never taught my children this prayer simply because it's a little morbid for a child to ponder right before bedtime. But at the same time, I find that this prayer affirms trust in the God of heaven and earth to take care of us, not only in life, but also in death. As I've grown older, I've become more aware of our mortality, that life is shorter than we realize. The, the days seem to go by faster now than they did when I was a child, even though time hasn't changed at all. What's actually changed is my perspective. I see life differently than I did growing up. When I was young, I thought I was invincible and I could do anything without fear. And as I've grown older, I'm not quite the risk taker that I once was. I've developed a healthy fear that makes me think harder about doing things that could be dangerous or that might result in injury. Nonetheless, we live our lives day in and day out, not thinking too much about death. We know it's a reality for all of us at some point in our lives, but we don't dwell on it, nor do we seem to think it could happen soon. We may not pray the prayer that my mother taught me to pray, but most of us, I believe, trust in God's faithfulness that our life is indeed in his hands. Over the last six weeks, we have reflected on Jesus' last words from the cross. And on this Easter Sunday, we come to the very last word as recorded in Luke's Gospel. Luke tells us this, It was about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon, for the sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And when he had said this, he breathed his last. Jesus' very last word before his death is one of total trust in God the Father. In the midst of the darkness that has invaded the land for the last three hours, signifying that his death affects all of creation, Jesus doesn't cry out in agony. He doesn't condemn those responsible for crucifying him. Instead, his final words intimately cry out to God, entrusting his life into his hands. In fact, his prayer is much like the one I learned as a child. I pray the Lord my soul to take. In the valley of the shadows of impending death, God is present with open arms to welcome Jesus in his most trying moment, and Jesus places all his hope in him. The cross is the final and climactic moment of Jesus' life that fulfills God's divine plan of forgiveness, of reconciliation, and the final atonement for all eternity. Jesus has been obedient to God, even to the point of death. And what happens next is now up to his father who holds his life in his hands. This moment is cataclysmic, for Luke tells us that the temple curtain split in two. The holy of holies, the most sacred place in which only the priest was allowed to enter, is no longer sealed off. The old covenant of animal sacrifice is no longer needed as the new covenant in Christ's blood covers sins for all time. The holiness of God is now no longer confined to the temple, but the Holy Spirit will move about freely bringing Jews and Gentiles together under the lordship of Jesus. And in this dramatic moment, a Roman centurion praises God saying, Surely this was a righteous man. 
this Gentile executioner comes to the recognition that Jesus was truly innocent, that Jesus was a righteous person who suffered a great injustice, not only at his hands, but also at the hands of Rome and of Israel. His calloused heart is softened by the words of Jesus from the cross and the cosmic conflict signaling that his death is somehow changing the world. Many who witnessed his death beat their breasts as they went away, and all who personally knew him, including the women who followed him, stood at a distance watching in disbelief. Their hopes of God's kingdom coming to fruition died that day as Jesus breathed his last. Darkness had covered the land, and it also covered their hearts. The joy of Palm Sunday was reduced to ashes, and now their Lord wouldn't even receive a proper burial, for in just a few short hours the Sabbath would begin, forcing them to wait until Sunday morning to bring their spices and perfumes to anoint his broken body. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. These last words of Jesus, these words of hope and trust, were the last words the women heard him speak. As they made their way to the tomb very early on that Sunday morning, they fully anticipated seeing Jesus' lifeless body. With their spices and perfumes in hand, they approached the tomb to find the stone rolled away and then realized that his body was not there. If it wasn't painful enough that Jesus had been crucified, now someone had stolen his body, which added insult to injury. Luke says, While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. The women are caught by surprise. Jesus' body is gone, and two men out of nowhere show up and tell them that he is alive, reminding them of Jesus' words to them in Galilee. These angels know that the empty tomb is not enough for the women to know that what has taken place. So they have come to help them understand that God has been faithful and has raised Jesus from the dead. Death could not hold him, and the grave could not keep him from rising back to life. They had seen Jesus raise the dead to life. They had heard Jesus declare that he was the resurrection and the life. And now they stand before an empty tomb that declares that Jesus is not dead, but alive. God had opened their eyes not only to remember Jesus' words, but to also understand what Jesus has been proclaiming all along. You see, his resurrection changes everything, leading them to go and share it with the 11 disciples and the others who were together with them. They shared their experience and the good news that Jesus was really alive, but their efforts to convince the disciples, they seemed to fall on deaf ears. Luke says, but they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. The Greek word here for nonsense is leros, where we get the English word delirious. They think that the women are delusional. Yet Peter is the only one who goes back to the tomb to check it out for himself. And upon seeing the empty tomb and the strips of linen lying there by themselves, he went away wondering what on earth had happened. 
In that moment, he knew something had happened. I mean, the women were not lying about Jesus being gone, but he didn't know what to make of it. He didn't encounter angels, nor did he run into Jesus. And so he's left in bewilderment, but not for too long. For not much later, the risen Jesus will encounter the eleven, reminding them of his words too, and he will open their minds so that they can understand the scriptures. And this will absolutely change everything for them. Remembering their life with Jesus, they remember not only who they are, but also whose they are, which transforms their present. It leads them from frightened disciples who are hiding in Jerusalem, fearing for their lives, to emboldened disciples who joyfully proclaim Jesus as the risen Messiah and Lord of all. Essentially, the disciples embraced Jesus' last words as their own, dedicating their lives into his hands as they become active followers who risk losing their own lives to share the world-changing news that Jesus' kingdom has come, that he is alive and active, and that he is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. Their collective message invites everyone to freely come to Jesus and to place their lives into his gracious hands, too. Friends, the good news of Easter is that Jesus didn't remain in the grave. His resurrection proclaims his lordship, his victory over sin and death once and for all. And his resurrection assures us that even when we find ourselves in the valley of the shadows of death, that death will not have the last word, that we share not only in his death, but also in his resurrection to eternal life. John 3.16 reminds us, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only Son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. So often we think of everlasting life as our life after death. But everlasting life is also real life in the here and now. And the good news of Easter is that Jesus comes to bring the dead to life, to bring resurrection to those whose lives are lost or out of control, to those who aimlessly live each day without purpose and meaning. Jesus comes to raise the dead, those who are dead in sin, to life, to liberate those who are slaves to the ways of the world, and to free those oppressed with addictions and tormented by demons, offering real life, abundant life beyond our imagining. Jesus tells us, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus has come to give life to the lifeless, to allow the kingdom of God to reign in our hearts, to reconcile us to God for all eternity through his grace and love displayed on the cross and his victory over the grave. But the problem with Easter is that too many people come as observers to the empty tomb. You see, they only look at Easter only from the perspective of eternal life when we die, seeing their belief in Jesus simply as a ticket into heaven. Many forego any relationship with Jesus throughout the year, and they show up only on Easter to observe what he's done. And so they celebrate Easter Sunday, but the next Sunday is just another day like the rest of the year. They declare that Jesus is Lord, but their lives don't declare or embrace his lordship as a witness to the world. But we believe that every Sunday is a resurrection Sunday, 
because Jesus has called us to be resurrected people. We can't simply be observers. We are called as witnesses to the resurrected life in our own lives and to be active engagers of the gospel as we follow Jesus daily and share his good news in both word and deed. And what this means is that we can't simply return to life as usual because Easter transforms that way of life to a new way of life in Christ. The Apostle Paul tells us this, For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, and the new is here. The empty tomb calls us to live resurrected lives. Lives that no longer seek to be self-centered, but centered on Christ who calls us to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. We are called to pray as Jesus prayed from the cross, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. In other words, my life is in your hands. And we surrender our own ways for the ways of God, knowing that by the power of the Holy Spirit, God seeks to sanctify us and make us holy. In doing so, we can declare like Paul, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. So friends, on this Easter, when we can't physically be together in the same place, may we not just be observers of the empty tomb, and live as if nothing has changed. But may we embrace the resurrected life that Jesus freely gives us, bearing witness with our mouths and with our lives to the world that Jesus is Lord, that he is risen, and that he longs to transform us and give us real life now. This life that he gives us changes our perspective giving our lives meaning and purpose that our lives are meant to be lived for the glory of Christ Jesus, the risen Lord. You see, Jesus didn't call us to be observers, but to follow him as he leads us. And so friends, may we embrace this resurrected life together, trusting God to lead us and praying even like Jesus. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. In other words, Lord, I give you my life. Friends, may it be so this day and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. In response to the word read and proclaimed, let us affirm what we believe using the Apostles' Creed. Friends, what do you believe? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, from thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. 
I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Savior say, Thy strength indeed is in small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin that left a crimson stain. Joseph's tomb, the entrance sealed, 
by heavy stone, Messiah still, Lord. Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Oh, praise His name forevermore. For endless days we will sing Your praise. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord our God. And on the third Break of dawn, Son of Heaven rose again. No trample death, where is your sting? The angels roar for Christ the King. No praise the name of the Lord. sun shall pierce the night, and I will rise among the saints, my gaze transfixed on Jesus' face. No praise the name of the Lord our God, no praise His name forever. Good and gracious God, we ask your blessing on all of our gifts. And we give you thanks, great God, 
for the hope that we have in Jesus, who died but is risen and rules over all. We praise you for his presence with us. Because he lives, we look for eternal life, knowing that nothing past, present, or yet to come can separate us from your great love, made known in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Please turn in your glory to God hymnals to number 826, Lift High the Cross. I charge you to live resurrected lives, for that's what Jesus has given to us on this day we call Easter, an opportunity to live for him and to be witnesses of his good news, telling the world that he is risen, that he is risen for us. So friends, may we do so, and as you do so, may the grace and the peace and the love of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you. May your creator, may your redeemer, may your sustainer be with you this day and forevermore. 
Amen.